Andrea Hoffer, host of Makers and Movers, where we talk to the leaders in manufacturing. And today is one of my favorite subjects, pasta. We're going to be talking with Antonio DeLilio, who is the CEO of Lily's Fresh Pasta. Antonio, thank you for, for joining us today. Andrea, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. And I just love that Boston accent. <laughs> well, get ready. It's going to be pounding for the next 45 minutes. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. So I know you have a very interesting story about how Lily's Fresh Pasta came about. Can you can you start off sharing sharing that with us? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, entrepreneurial. 1986, mom and dad came to America with a couple of suitcases, a lot of prayers, hopes and dreams in those suitcases, a few clothes on our backs, a couple hundred bucks. Uh, we came into the port of New York for uh, immigration reasons. Uh, we migrated here legally and the port of entry was New York. We drove up to Boston. The plan was to go to San Francisco. We ran out of money, obviously. We had family here uh, that was well off that helped us kind of get situated. Uh, an aha moment in 1978 struck my mom uh, to come to this country and move her kids here and her family and to uh, start a pasta business. She was um, walking the streets of New York. We were three and three, I was three years old and she wanted to make us pasta and she couldn't find anything other than Chef Boyardee and, <laughs> and, and Prince Spaghetti. And uh, she said, there's got to be something better than this. And her passion for pasta, her passion to uh, make something healthy for her kids really made her want to go back to Italy. She went through, let's see here, 78, so 86. So we get eight years of R&D. She went to work for some of the uh, bakeries, pastais, and then she found a home in northern Italy in Milano in a place called El Pastaio del Vecchio di Molino. It was owned by a guy named Giampiero Bellotti, who, um, you know, thanks to him, uh, he saw something in my mother that he believed in. She went to work. Um, she learned everything from engineering, lamination, extrusion, filling, um, all the technology. She had a passion for food, passion for pasta. I mean, coming from Italy, uh, we all do so. <laughs> so that's how it really started. And, um, you know, when we got here, uh, thanks again, Jampiero Bellotti, who put three, three machines on a, on a vessel. My mom had no money. She hawked all her jewelry. She hawked everything she had to come up with a little bit of a deposit. He told her to keep it. Um, I trust you, Lily. He did offer a northern. He did offer her northern control of all pasta operations. You know, try to really, you know, hook her in. Okay, Don't leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she said, "No, I'm going to America." And uh, obviously, we're so happy she made that decision. Yeah, he must have really saw something in her. That's, Absolutely. That's amazing. It's amazing she took that risk. That, that says yeah. a lot about her. So tell me how you started to become involved in the business. You know, you're, you're, uh, you're in this entrepreneurial turbulence, a mom that's coming to America. Mm -hmm. You're here in the land of opportunity. You're hearing all of this energy. You're a kid. You know, I was only 11 years old. And... Um, most of it was scary because of the pressure to not fail. The other part was exciting because like, you know, your mom has all this energy and 
to come to America. Um, and so when the doors opened up, you defaulted and went to the place of work. You defaulted and went to the plant. Now, the plant wasn't really a plant. It was what today is a barbershop. <laughs> it was a small <laughs> little hole in the wall. It's still actually across the street from where we run our business today in a much larger plant. And uh, it is a barbershop. It's where I get my haircut, actually. Oh, how funny. <laughs> yeah, still today after 30 plus years. And, uh, um, you know, I, I remember the struggle a little bit. You know, gosh, I was, you know, really young. I was 11 years old. So my mom had to readjust, readapt flowers, uh, humidity, water, all the little things that, you know, created this artisanal product. Um and, uh, and so uh, dad would pick me up from school. Um, I'd find myself in the plant, uh, brooming around, running around, you know, excited to, to try something. And the years of, of, of this, this repertoire just added up. And uh, like every other kid, you know, you fall in love. Uh, we came here in the 80s. So who do you think I fell in love with? Michael Jordan and Larry Bird. Um, basketball became something I got attached to sports was a big gravitational was the gravity that I'm, I, I have to give a lot of credit to because it started making me feel important about teamwork and and believe it or not accountability to play with a team and I know you're still young but the, the, you carry that momentum into school and then again back to the plant school back to the plant school and and I was the first of three kids that learned how to speak English Actually, I, I was speaking English in about 90, 90 days. Wow. Um, How did you learn yeah. English? My mom forced us to speak Italian at home. That's how we learned English. <laughs> I know it sounds weird. I'm, I'm not sure I followed that. <laughs> yeah, most people don't. But what it did, what it did is what she said is she knew we were going to, she was very smart. She, she knew we were going to learn English because you're around English all day long. She yep. knew we were going to learn it. But we were excited to tell her all the words we were learning and speaking, and she just wanted to make sure we didn't lose um, the Italian. And it worked out, you know, 40 years later, almost I speak excellent Italian without having to live in Italy. So um, so I learned how to speak English, and my father would pick me up from school. He would do, Shh, no homework right now. we got to go and sell pasta. And so he'd have his samples ready. It was a 1968 Chevrolet Impala. Never forget it. Red wine color. Holes in the back seats. Fred Flintstone style with the pasta cardboard to ensure the water didn't come through the friggin' floor of the car. <laughs> <laughs> and we started banging on doors. And uh, we started going to uh, places like Little Italy, the north end of Boston, where restaurants were receiving the product. Um, hotels. You know, it was really this 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 um, educational moment. I remember repeating the words that my father would ask me to tell the chefs. And pasta in those days was just a lot of dry pasta, some specialty raviolis, but not much. So we had all these amazing flavors that my mom created this menu. And it was a representation of every region in Italy. So she came to America with 20 fillings. Wow. Radicchio and speck, um, artichoke and fontina. Um, ravioli al pesto, ravioli alla mozzarella, um, you know, ravioli di manzo with braised short rib and lobster and crab, um, you know, smoked salmon raviolis with dill. I mean, all these raviolis that still today, when you hear some of these things, you're like, what? Um, 
And so the, the chefs were like, what do I do with this lily, you know? And uh, I remember doing a lot of that translation. So by default, again, you're just doing whatever it takes to, to be a part of this journey because there's nothing else. The alternative is you have nothing. You're going back to nothing. Mm. So uh, what was exciting was that the product was being very well received early. And that was exciting because you would see the smile on my mother's face. And there's nothing better than starting something and, and people respecting it um, and, and being loyal to it. And, and so you're learning a little bit about a lot of things, relationship building. You're learning about the transaction of money going back and forth to create value. Uh, you're learning about responsibility and accountability because you have to make a delivery on time and you have to be accountable to bring that product there the next day. And it's early. If a machine breaks down, you have to make it by hand. All these things that were happening, you know, could be the deciding factors of like, oh my God, this is too much. Give me a job at McDonald's. Yeah. And she persevered through that. Wow. What What is her role today in the company? Mine or my mom's? Well, let's first talk about hers. What is your mom's role? Yeah, my mom has been the founder and, and, and owner and operator of this company. And in 2019, she exited the company. I, um, I bought the company in 2019. I was okay. on this plan to eventually um, try to acquire it or um, prove to my mom that I could lead, manage, grow, and scale it. And so that day happened about four and a half, five months before COVID. Great timing, trust me. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And then you took over. It, what, what was going through your mind? Here's the dream that your mom built it, from nothing. And now you are taking it over. It's time for you to lead it into the next formation of whatever it's going to look like and to lead a team. What, what was going through your mind at that time? Uh, honestly, exactly what goes on through my mind every day. Responsibility, accountability. A lot of people depend on me. Um, and so when I go back to that, that time, um, I would say that the most, the biggest thing that went through my mind is not, not letting my mom down, not letting the story, because so often kids take over businesses and things change. Like it's very hard to keep the succession plan in place. Like your family, uh, started it. And, you know, looking back now, this is crazy to say, but it was set up for, believe it or not, it was set up for failure. You know, and I'll be really critical here because for the audience, this is really, really important. Mm -hmm. um, as you're growing a business, the most important thing you can do as an employee or as a future leader is to contribute to optimization, duplication and optimization. My mom had amazing, amazing vision to run a small business and she kept everything in her head. She felt so responsible for everything being picture perfect, everything. And because of it, it's, it's you're locking yourself to the inside of the business and it's okay. My mom ran it that way. I really never understood that when that day came, how hard it was going to be to start scaling because all that information, even though I've been living around it, I never documented anything that she told me. I never contributed to helping her optimize it because I never felt like I was supposed to do that. I didn't know any better. 
So she ran the business, you know, at, you know, a half a million dollars with three people a year in revenue. And I started working for her again in 2010 because I had spent about 10 years building a pick your pasta concept. I had exited the company for a little bit to, you know, um, experiment this pick your pasta concept. I fell in love with Domino's pizza. And so I wanted to try to do the same thing. And the reason why I did that is she asked me to slow down. I was selling products for her and um, she hadn't expanded the building yet. So the infrastructure was maxed out. So I said, um, let me go to culinary school. Let me open up a restaurant. Uh, there was a place next door, the barbershop that paid her rent. He was moving out. I was like, I'm going to open up a little picky pasta, you know? And I thought just because I sold pasta for friggin' 10 years and delivered it and met with chefs all the time, I thought I could just run a restaurant. Great, great idea. Let me tell you. <laughs> Didn't it work out as planned, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, but without going up too, too much off track and going back to the optimization, you know, that was, that was, was really was, was a bit scary because it's very emotional trying to extract information, you know, when you've had it for so long, for three decades, you have so much in you and to my mom her business was the fourth child she had three kids three or three of us three brothers so this was her fourth child so as i you know inherited this fourth child it became my first child and that's what i started doing really a lot of um it was all about don't screw it up work even more than ever before and figure out how to do one thing one thing right maintain the same exact quality and commitment to the integrity of the culture. Like do not change what made the, the foundation of the company. And, and so those four employees that she had today is, is 30 employees and the values that she instilled in the company are how these 24 extra people today have evolved and still operating you know we call it the lily's way and and that's what makes us really feel proud that we're building a legacy andrea yeah i think that that's amazing and there were a couple of things i i wanted to, wanted to jump on here are we having some yeah a little volume? feedback it's okay. okay uh so you talked about optimization and documenting things and i i think that as you said, is extremely important and it's probably one of the biggest mistakes that business owners, entrepreneurs make early on or even late in the process where everything is in their head and then it makes it much more difficult to scale. So I'm, I'm glad that you, you brought that up. Can you talk a little bit about Lily's Way and what what is Lily's Way? You said that that built your culture. But what exactly is it? How do you recognize it? And how do you build it in the people that you hire? Yeah, so it's it's really, it's R-E-S-P-E-C-T. It's respect for every arm, respecting the ingredients, respecting people, vendors, customers, machines. Box. I mean, it's every, it's literally... Respect allows you to care for something. Showing that you respect something, you're showing an intention that you care for something and someone. And in return, by default, 
there's an appreciation that comes back to you. And so when you love something so much, it tends to love you back. And people, this is why leadership is truly influential. When, when you are leading that way, when you are working that way, the results are people are inspired by it and they want to make you proud and jump on that ship with you because they see that you're willing to do whatever it takes, but you're also willing to do the work that you want done um, at any time. Even if you've done it for 10 years and you don't have to do it anymore, there's times where the business will challenge you for that, what they call the tell me, show me, coach me, and let me way. You know, you're going to tell somebody something, show them how to do it also, then coach them through it. And then it's kind of fun. Watch them take over and show you that they can do it. Yeah. That, that's a typical uh, training format. When I used to do training, we made checklists with the words weren't exactly what you said, but very similar, you know, show me how to do it, repeat it back to me, um, show me that you can do it. And then we, we even had a checklist like that they demonstrated that they can do it. So it's interesting that you bring that framework up. That's great. Um, the other thing that I'll say that is so important is that there's this mindset of being extraordinary. And we ask that question a lot and it comes back as a definition of going above and beyond. And it's a very interesting, easy question to answer, but it leads you to go look it up. And what my mom instilled in us is there was only one person that was perfect and he left us over 2000 years ago, right? So it's, it's really truly all about actually doing ordinary things extremely well, like doing ordinary things so much over and over and over that they become extraordinary. You master them. And so often, this was my one of my biggest challenges. I wanted to do so many different things. And the reality is you have to find three, four, five things within those thousand things and then do those three, four, five things a thousand times a day over and over and over and over. And all of a sudden, you master that and then go to the next four or five things. You just can't try to do everything at a high, high level. And... Um, and I think that's really important to really slow down, identify, discuss, and then personally solve, you know, what those two, three things are. Find find the most important things first, prioritize them, and do them really well. And all of a sudden, you get these extraordinary results. Yeah. I think I've, I've made that mistake a lot in the past with my business. It's the, the shiny object syndrome, where you, you just everything excites you and you're trying to do a million different things and, and you're not doing any of it well. So I can yeah. truly take your advice, your words of wisdom to heart there. And that, you know, that's once you figure out what it is, the direction you're going and you get good at it, mm -hmm. then you'll start to scale and, and then you can start to, to branch and do it and do it again. Thank you for yeah. sharing a lot of really great wisdoms with us. I appreciate that. So Absolutely. tell me what's what's next for Lily's pasta. You know, we're scratching the surface. Um, I really, you know, I go back to again 2019. I, I, you know, I hate to say buying, but the reality was it was a transaction buying the business. 
and the business ran incredibly well uh, as a startup. And so now the next steps are getting through uh, the breakpoints of business scaling. Um, my mom built an incredible product that works. She built a few people around that product that did it amazingly every day. And then as you start to grow sales, um, more people come in the picture. And that's why the optimization and systemization is crucial. Once you've done that, by the way, that's an evolution. I don't think process stops. It keeps evolving as you grow. Things happen. So, But the key is having some sort of a foundation because you have to be able to onboard successfully in a short amount of time so you can get people in a successful field um, of that role. Um, what's next is, is, is continue to expand, driving value to our customers, increasing the infrastructure of our business because the product is so well received, it's exciting to look at new opportunities and keep growing revenue. So the map um, is big. It's a 10-year plan. Um, I'm on my second year, actually, believe it or not. Uh, is it today? No, it was the 21st. The 21st of July was the two-year anniversary of the 10-year plan. And we're on track. We're exceeding yeah, thank you. Um, getting to the amount of targets we want to get to is an audacious goal. It's it's big, but if you don't make it big, you'll never you'll never get after it. So um, you know, again, I'm so grateful that I get to work with people that truly love what they do, and that's a that's a very key ingredient. It's another important part of strategy. Um, figure out ways to ensure that you can illustrate their expansion while you're expanding. And, and it's critical. It's really important because if the company's growing, the people are growing. If the people are growing, the company's growing. Yeah. And you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to illustrate that. And so I'm fortunate. I married a woman I fell in love with, my wife. Um, she's going on her second year as well. Actually third, excuse me. Um, and she's in charge of team development. She brings 15 years of, of education, school education. So when she started working for us, um, I knew she had so much that could contribute to developing people, which is a key ingredient to growing anything that you want to last for a very long time. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you. That's what this podcast is, is all about. You know, how did the people fit in and what is it that you look for in the people that you work with and, and how do you keep them? How do you keep them happy? And I, I think you've shared a lot of that with us. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else that you, before we start to wrap up, anything else that you want to share that um, you haven't had a chance to? I, I just think I'm, I'm grateful. I'm excited to be part of your journey. Andrea, thank you for inviting me on this. It's a pleasure to talk about the story. Um, it's exciting to stay focused on being recognized as a respectable brand that really is focused on manufacturing premium products that, de that deliver and drive a value to customers so that they can create a retention for their customers. It's truly exciting to build a business with people and trying to look back 10 years from now, 15 years from now, saying to our team, like, 
we didn't just win the championship once. We competed every year and we had an opportunity to do something special every year. That's that's so important that you stay so focused on that so that ultimately you're in a position to win the big game every year. Wow. That's pretty pretty great. And so tell us, where can I get Lily's Fresh Pasta? Lily's Fresh Pasta. So you would go to shop.liliesfreshpasta.com. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes so that people uh, can easily click it. Yeah. And uh, I'm more than happy to personally help and cater anybody that has any kind of glitches on the site at 857-225-5200. Wow. Um, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we have an, it's, it's funny because my team thinks I'm kind of like, you know, a little, you know, uh, funny about this, but I answer the phone a lot because on our website, you think you're calling the office. And I remember Apple's big, famous Stephen Jobs uh, back in the day in his user experience days where he was answering phones, acting like a user experience engineer, mm -hmm. listening to customers and talking to them. And they didn't know they were talking to Steve. And I'll never be, you know, Steve Jobs, but I'm just saying that there's something special about picking up the phone and quarterbacking a customer's excitement who's reaching out to you for information about your products. Yeah. In today's day and age, they probably already want to buy them. They know so much about you already. So you're so close to already selling something. You don't have to work too hard. I just truly enjoy that first soundbite of talking to somebody and then connecting them to my fulfillment team to ship something overnight to ensure that they get it next day. And I'm proud to say that, you know, since the lockdown, we've had a 97 to 98% fulfillment rate on all of our orders. That's great. Well, congratulations on that as well. Sounds like you're doing some, some amazing things. And I am so hungry right now. I think I could have to have some pasta, but it won't be the Lily's Fresh Pasta because I don't know where to get it right here. But you did say that you were coming to Florida, right? That the product was... Yes. You know something? You're you're in Boca, right? Where are you? You're I'm in Boca, to, uh, yeah. Is it, so we have an exciting. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this right now because it's it's really exciting. But we just launched our retail line, and uh, we've never had one. We've been helping customers and wholesaling our product at our factory. My mom's had a following since 1986, but we just launched 14 SKUs, and there's a super cool awesome family down in Boca and Palm Beach. I think they got four or five stores. It's called Joseph's Marketplace. One of my favorite places to shop. Oh, I'm going to claim taxes at the end of the year there. I go there so much. <laughs> well, next time I go to Joseph, are they on the shelf? Is it on the shelf now, your pasta? So we're, we're fulfilling the order Friday. It's going to hit the distributor the following week. I would say that by the end of the first week of August, Andrea, you're going to send me a text picture with a lobster ravioli, tail-shaped ra uh, ravioli uh, with your smiley face that you're going home to eat it. Hopefully you're not allergic to shellfish. If not, I picked the wrong product. But yeah, <laughs> they, they're bringing in fusilli. They're bringing in spaghetti, bucatini, burrata ravioli, lobster ravioli, balls, uh, roasted butternut squash. Um, I'm probably missing one or two. The wild mushroom porcini ravioli. The brace short rib ravioli, and I think he's got another one, but um, it's going to be exciting. And uh, you might even catch me there because uh, come come October, I'm going to be. Um, I asked permission if I could do some in store demos, so I'm going to be uh -huh. rotating in all his locations and setting up a little table 
with his son, Joe, Joe Jr., who's just a super passionate pasta and sauce like fanatic. And I love talking to this young kid. He's just amazing. Uh, Going to do some big things in his life as well. But just sitting in his store, you know, sauteing some pasta and sauces and feeding people, letting them try the product and then, you know, pointing at the freezer, which is where I'll be placed in the store so that they can buy it. Definitely let me know if you're going to be in town. I'm going to I'm going to come sample and take pictures and we'll share it on my social media and replay the podcast. So that go. would be we'll great. Do. And uh, and I'll probably eat lots of pasta. Let's go. <laughs> well, great. Well, thank you so much, Antonio. This has been really special talking with you, hearing your story, your mom's story. And I, I just appreciate you taking taking the time and and I love hearing everything you've you've accomplished and, and where you're going and and good luck and congratulations on that 10-year plan it sounds like you're you have a really good head start there and I can't so I can't wait to, to see to see it come to fruition and where else you go thank you so much I really appreciate it anything I can do for you you know how to get a hold of me I look forward to uh, building my journey and sharing it with you for sure great thank you and thank right, you, awesome. thank you to all the listeners. Now you you heard about the story of Lily's fresh pasta. I'm sure you're all extremely hungry and need to get off and make yourself some pasta. So you got the phone number, call and get some of that. But thank you again. And there were a lot of words of wisdom from Antonio today. So please take them to heart, especially if you are looking to start your own entrepreneur journey or you, you're already in your entrepreneur journey. Thank you. Yeah.